Do you, is there any structure to this this one just now, Roy, that you had in mind? Uh, you mentioned on your... There's no quiz. There's no... I've done the quiz. quiz right? I've done the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> this is Top Landing Gear. Hello and welcome to the Top Landing Gear Summer Special. We're all on the beach. I hope you are too. And um, oh, enjoying a bit of sunshine. Uh, Roy is here. Roy Stride from Scouting for Girls. Jez Curling, the agricultural fencer. Still haven't worked out what he's doing here. James Cartner, pilot. Still haven't worked out what he's doing here. But how are you guys? How's your <laughs> summer been so far? Roy, you've probably been amongst the busiest. A bit of songwriting, a bit of flying. A bit of flying, yeah, a bit of songwriting. I've been doing, uh, restarted my flying lessons, which was very exciting. Excellent. So I've been up in my Icarus oh. C42 a couple Ooh. of times over West Sussex, which oh. I've been absolutely loving. And I have a gig coming up as hey! well. Yeah, in September. <laughs> so I actually have a job. Uh, but yeah, it's been, and I've, I've done a bit of flying commercially. I think I've put some stuff on the Instagram. I've flown out of uh, Heathrow Terminal 5 and where I live at the moment, which is right under the Gatwick flight path in, mm. it's getting busier and busier every getting day. really busy, so. isn't it? And uh, what about yeah. James Cartner, our commercial airline pilot? I've been, uh, I went on the Channel oh. Tunnel. <laughs> it's the only flying I've done. Uh, to France, a uh, little week away in France, and I'm now back, ready to grip the new flying roster, which oh. is currently empty. Uh, I do have a simulator <laughs> coming up. Uh, my six monthly check is coming up, and then it's a bit more uh, empty um, oh. roster time. But other than that, it's uh, good man, Jim. Glad the flying's coming yeah. back. Oh, I have been also. One thing I have been doing is I've been learning uh, She's So Lovely <laughs> on the piano because there's a top video out on exactly how to play that, which I found very in yeah, interesting. Yeah, you can follow that progress on social media. It's not hard. It's not hard. <laughs> Uh, Jess, <laughs> I wonder. I wonder who who will get the success first. James learning <laughs> she's so lovely on the piano, or Roy getting his private private. <laughs> the race is on. The race is, the race is on. Uh, Jess, you've been out in the fields, have you? Fencing. I have been out in the fields. We've been building in the oh. Question Arena this week, so that's been quite fun. Uh, it's yeah. been incredibly hot uh, and not actually uh, very pleasant at times. But um, yeah, we've been flat out and. Off on holiday for two weeks this weekend. Glorious, glorious, that? glorious. Do you want to know what I've been doing? What have you been doing? Yes. Nothing. Uh, actually, I, 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 I tell you what I did. I've had to turn <laughs> the house the into both a TV studio for a day and into, I had to do what they call a additional dialogue recording for a high-end TV drama. <laughs> I have a very small part in. And I had to re-record some dialogue from it. And um, the kit they sent me was amazing. I thought I was going to be able to use my top landing gear podcast kit, but no, not even good enough. Um, so they sent me this package of stuff, oh, really? and I just about managed to set it up. And they had this laptop set up with all the mixing already set up for my dialogue um, to record. And then I could switch it to see the screen of the scene I was in 
to lip sync what I'd already recorded, but they wanted to do a re, 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 redo the sound recording. Incredibly clever. But to think you can do all that as broadcast quality from your own home is quite extraordinary. And did you and manage they, to connect your headphones that time? Yes. They could you actually operate they were any of very this? patient. They were brilliant. I had I had them on a Zoom feed on another computer, so they were very patient with me. Was your mum there to help you out? So <laughs> this is this is they basically yeah. got to deal with what I have to deal with before every episode of Top Landing Gear. It's to talk through how to turn a exactly computer right. on. I even managed to tell them a few stories about Malaya <laughs> as well. Brilliant. They were fascinated. Not much to do with aviation, uh, yeah, apart yeah. from a lot of reading well, of books, but that, that's about it. The reason why I wanted to get us all to hear, because this isn't going to be a proper top landing gear episode, it was firstly because I saw that the we like people are still really logging on and listening to Top Landing Gear, even though we haven't put one out. We're well still done, everyone. maintaining like a yes, huge amount of listenership. So thank you to everyone there. So I thought it'd be good for us to come together at summer, just over the internet, say hello. There's been a couple of big aviation news stories uh, and and just sort of G people up for uh, yes. Series 2, which is coming out in September. So uh, Great idea. Let's, let's, let's start with news, because there's been a couple of big news stories. Uh one of which was the uh, well. Well, I was hoping that you could give us some light on. I wanted your opinion on it, James, about yeah. the that horrendous crash in India. Was it Kerala? The Kerala, yeah. Yes, um, that appears to be a tragic thing. It's when you're looking at causes and what happened. It's very, it's very hard to sort of blame anybody because there's an official results, and I understand both the uh, both the pilots. Uh, are no longer with us, unfortunately. So that was very sad. But it appears that there was they were landing in monsoon conditions. Uh, they tried a landing on one runway. They, I think they couldn't see the runway at the minimums. Uh, so they then went around and tried it on the other runway. Problem with that was it looks like there was about a 10 to 15 knot tailwind by landing on that. So that that's going to make your landing distance longer. It's in very very wet conditions. So they came back in the in the opposite direction, James. Sorry. Yeah, they 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 tried they tried to land on the westerly runway on runway two eight. Uh, they they couldn't get in off that. They went around, positioned out to sea, and then came back in from the west to land on the easterly runway one zero. Uh, and yeah, with, so that but the wind was predominantly f uh, from the west. So they they landed with a tailwind, and it. it there are rumours that the reports that they landed about halfway down the runway, which means they missed out on a thousand feet of stopping distance. They possibly bounced a couple of times, all probably because of the weather. And that airport itself mm. is on a tabletop. So if at the end of the runway, there's nothing. It just drops off uh, down about 40 or 50 feet. Apparently, when they, uh, the pilots realised that that was going to happen, they one of them mm. or both of them just switched the engines off which might have prevented a hell of a lot more um, casualties. I think it was 15 to 18 casualties was the, the, the final death toll, uh, mm. and it could have been a lot worse if they'd kept those on. So, yeah, interesting, nasty nasty business. Uh, and that, this is the problem with landing. You know, the monsoon season in, in, in India, it can just – weather can change like that. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a real uh, difficult one. So, Have you flown in uh, conditions like that, James? Uh, no, but there was once when we were going to land at a, and particularly an airport, I can't remember which one, and it was it was just completely out, so we diverted straight away, refueled there, and then and then brought it in, and, and half an hour later, the whole shower had moved, and it was 
almost you know, dry, mm. hot, and sticky like it normally is. So um, it's amazing um, how quickly it quickly it comes and goes. Have you have you landed at that airport before? No, I haven't. That's a it's a bit of a localish airport. Um, so that flight was coming from Dubai, I think, repatriating people uh, stuck because of COVID, unfortunately. Uh, so that right. it was a seven seven three. So I don't think it, it can take a lot more than a than a seven three seven type aircraft. It is <clears throat> terrific, isn't it? And is yeah. it surprising that the aircraft broke up that easily? Um, or not? I think if you, if you, if you look at the you know I mean if you look at the the, the layout of the airport and the, the fact it's on this this tabletop, if you go off the end, it's it's pretty much going to break off. And I think in, in some respects, it's 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 quite a miracle that that there wasn't more damage or uh, in the in numbers in the way of fatalities. Should they not really have ever attempted that landing? It's hard to say without being there. I'm sure the 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 um. The report will, will have all the the ideas. It's most Western airport airlines. Um, if you are landing that deeply, the idea is you don't bother landing. You've you've missed so much um, uh, runway breaking sort of capacity that if 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 you whatever happens at the bottom, there's a gust of wind or whatever, and it takes you beyond a safe landing point. You you know most British airlines and most European airlines that I know of would have gone around at that point. Um, but there again, you don't know the pressures on the pilots. You know, it was a probably a very long day because the repatriation flight uh, that had one attempt at a landing. There's there's, there's a lot going on, um, but hopefully, you know, we, we we all learn from it for every instant. That that's the is the there's sort of beauty of open reporting in aviation that every time there is a, an instant, you hopefully learn it and pa- pass lessons on. And that's one of the things that you know just reinforces if you don't get in at the beginning of the runway, throw the landing away. There seem to have been a lot of light aviation crashes in this country in the last few days or weeks, James. I wonder if either it's just more things are being reported now through social media or whether that might be weather related with the extreme heat or if there might be a connected reason yeah, I mean, at all. It's very difficult. Again, without looking at each individual um, incident, uh, it's very difficult to, to, to plug them all together and say, oh, there's a spate of them. But if you look at what's happened, people haven't been allowed to fly for probably three or four months. Mm. And in the last month or two, everyone's now getting back into aircraft. They probably haven't had the exposure and the the recency that they'd like to have. So there may be a, a, a touch of that, but again, you know, who knows? It, it's fair to say, I, I'd, I'd be very remiss of me to say, oh, well, the reason for all these crashes is that people are crashing them. <laughs> uh, there could be a, a widespread... You, you, um, you can only really... You can only really comment on your own crashes, can't you? That's probably the best. Here way we go. Would, Here the, we problem, go. the problem is that 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 podcast would take so long. I think most most listeners would be bored by the end of it. James, your your old your old firm, your old company, the RAF, has been involved in some of this border yes. patrol business over the channel. There's been quite a lot of, I believe so, criticism, interest, and in choice of aircraft. An A400M Atlas yeah. went down the other day and was. Circling at about five hundred yeah. feet for goodness knows how many hours, which did seem an odd, odd selection. Yeah. And then I think a Beechcraft King. I think the new Poseidon, uh, which is the kind of like the seven three seven, has been down there today from uh, Lossmouth yeah. or wherever it's currently based. Yeah, uh, is it not more of a helicopter type role, or what's the reason for sending um, these well, different it, types? It's a, it's a it's a it's a surveillance type role that they need, uh, and so helicopters are, are very good for getting in there and and getting someone out of the water but to actually to just be have a surveillance over a long period of time a helicopter is about is not really the most efficient use of uh 
of fuel, and also they don't, they don't carry that much fuel in the first in the first place. Um, so, I think for the surveillance role, aircraft, you know, fixed wing aircraft are ideal. The uh, use of the A four hundred, the Atlas, uh, it does have a search and rescue role when they're uh, operating down in the Falklands. So they they do have surveillance equipment on them to actually do search and rescue surveillance. So that's one of the reasons it was used. The other, it was on national standby, and I think there needed to be seen to be some sort of political movement to get somebody involved. So they got the aircraft off national standby. So if you combine those those two, then maybe there was a reason for using the A400. I think the um, the Shadow, which is the R, R1 Shadow, yeah. is probably the better aircraft. That's the King Air, and that was that was down there later. And I think that's been up there. And, and as you say, the Poseidon, it's kind of the Poseidon's more uh, sort of designed to look for big bits of metal um, for sh- surface ships and submarines. So that might be not so not great pieces so great for dinghies, <laughs> <clears throat> but you're you're never really sure um, what actual surveillance kits on board. A lot of it is still fairly restricted. Um, mm. What we know about it. Oh, interesting. Is the um, is the A four hundred only a uh, does it only have a defence? Role is it other other civilian versions of it? Uh, no, the, the, it was it was designed by the Europeans as the future large large aircraft for the military. Uh, it's got quite a history of how it, it came about, and, and um, it, it's sort of it's a big Hercules, it's a big European Hercules that um, some yeah. may say the military never really wanted and was forced on them. I possibly couldn't really comment <laughs> on that. Um, <laughs> yeah. no, I remember covering the story of the FLA in the in Farnborough in the in the 90s, year in, year out. It was a yeah. very tedious yeah. story, actually. Yeah. And there was a huge wooden mock-up they built of it yeah. at uh, Farnborough one year. I don't know if you ever saw that, James. Mm-hmm. But here And here it is, flying. I did. Yeah. I, I was at Farnborough that year. Yeah. Just, just 25 <laughs> years later. I mean, it's, that's how quickly it happens. <laughs> um, Roy, you were quite keen to ask James about the Virgin Battlestar Galactica, whatever it's called, weren't you? Yes, yeah. I was uh, so a bit of news which people would have seen if they're following us on Instagram is a very, very, very sexy looking plane, uh, which is well, basically, Virgin Galactic have completed their mission concept review <laughs> on their new high speed passenger aircraft. What this means, I'm not entirely sure. But there's a picture of a very incredible-looking aircraft. Uh, It's been done with Rolls-Royce. They've just signed a deal with Rolls-Royce to develop Mm. it further. The basic parameters of the initial high-speed aircraft design include a targeted Mark III certified Delta-wing aircraft that would have capacity for 9 to 19 people at Mm. an altitude of above 60,000 feet uh, with a, a big custom cabin layout so it'd be ultimate luxury i can imagine you know Mm -hmm. the best of first class uh and interestingly there there are a couple of things which it said Uh, the aircraft design aims to lead the way towards use of -of state-of-the-art sustainable aviation fuel which is saying baselining sustainable technologies and techniques into the aircraft design early on is expected to act as a catalyst to adoption in the rest of the aviation community and i just thought AI am super excited about everything Virgin Galactic do and stand for. I love anything which is innovation and yeah. fun and craziness to, to do with this. Uh, but I just thought there was a real putting just nine or 19 people at Mach 3 is probably 
the least environmentally friendly <laughs> thing you could probably do. I don't understand how you do it. There's still like huge problems about sound in yeah. terms of like, you know, um, in city airports, yeah. the, the sonic boom, you're not allowed that. And in possibly the worst economic downturn ever, the mm. worst, you know, aviation downturn ever, where they're investing in supersonic flight is is the thing to go for. So I wanted to get your thoughts on it. But I did want to mention that it reminded me of our interview of John Hutchinson. Yeah. Uh, back Concord. And I think, Rob, you asked that question about, do you think supersonic flight will ever come back? And he said, not like yeah. Concord, but possibly in the smaller Exactly, you know, business yeah. end, uh, which is exactly what this was. So it's exactly what John said. So everybody should, if you haven't listened to it, you should go and definitely listen to that mm. incredible interview we did with Tom Paul <laughs> and John Hutchinson. But yeah, but what do you think, Rob? What do you think? Well, yeah, James. James is the expert. James, is this the one you alluded to in the previous podcast? You said it actually looks a little bit like a small Concorde. No, that, I think that was an American one, yeah. the one that I alluded to previously. But this is, I mean, I think that the. The, the most important thing is that you need to be, in order to make progress in any industry, you've got to be right at the forefront. You've got to be pushing the boundaries. Uh, and that's exactly what this yeah. does. This pushes the boundaries. If this doesn't happen as the concept is now, but some sort of um, some progress is made, then it'll benefit all aviation, hopefully. Um, so I think that's that's the dream, and, and that should be supported completely. You know, we, sh- we shouldn't just sit there and go, well, there's no point in having supersonic. Uh, <clears throat> I'm quite surprised that out the old outside of orbit uh, aviation hasn't taken off, um, where you actually go into into orbit because that seems or what is it low, low Earth orbit aviation because that seems to be you yeah. can get to Australia in something like three hours if you use low Earth low Earth uh, orbits. I'm surprised that there's not a push towards that. Um, maybe there there will be, but it, I think it's great that that, that somebody. And be it Virgin Great, whoever it is, is pushing, is trying to get this next level because Concord, you know, it achieved so much in the sixties and seventies, and then we just stopped. Uh, and it seems almost sacrilege that we, we're not using any of that technology. What about the environmental impact now, particularly now as well, James? When you know commercial aviation seems to be shrinking anyway, whether that's temporary or otherwise, we don't know. But the environmental impact—I mean, the, the environmental impact of Concord was was pretty huge wasn't it yeah I mean, the, 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 as yet if you want to travel you know over a thousand miles in a reasonable way uh, then then flying appears to be the you know the, the nasty elder brother however if you look at trains trans-european trains if you look at where they actually get their electricity from it's quite staggering so yeah you aviation is a nice easy target um but it's the only way at the moment of traveling those distances. If if people want to stop traveling those distances, fine. Not everyone can get on a on a boat across the Atlantic for and spend two weeks getting to New York. You know, they have other things to be doing. So un- until you completely take away that that need and desire to travel, which I don't think even with yeah. COVID, people are still traveling. Um, people are desperate to get traveling again. Um, but there will be at some stage. I think hydrogen power is probably going to be slightly more important than than electrical power for. The, faster aircraft but there, there needs to be some sort of adaptation i know i think british airways are working on using more sustainable fuels uh, i think plant-based fuels could possibly come in and replace jet Gosh, how, how, fuel so the, the carbon emission bit there isn't quite so uh, how far away are we from, from that do you reckon I, I, I reckon we're probably looking at probably five years to having a reasonable proportion of jet fuel replaced right. by plant-based stuff 
It's it's that close. That's amazing. They tried this with um, with agricultural equipment years about twenty five years ago. They biodiesel, you know, mm. and it was never it's never it's never caught on. In fact, I don't think it was ever any cleaner than a. It took loads of mm. crops out of food production. Yeah, and um, uh, it was based on oilseed rape. And then they've tried, you know, uh, other sorts of oils, vegetable oils. It's never been much good. I think they've all scrapped those those whole. And I, I think that's that's the issue. That, that's the issue with with all plant based oils. Is if you're using plants, then you're still you're, you're taking food away from uh, ever increasing populations' mouths, which is another. What we really need is a thing in, in Back to the Future, isn't it? That's what we need. In the, in the <laughs> <Yeah. library. laughs> <laughs> that would be perfect. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I would. Uh, speaking to the audience, whether I was thinking about doing an episode uh, on speaking to somebody from Virgin Galactic, wondering mm. if, uh, if the audience out there would would like that because obviously they're what's it called Spaceship Two? Mm. It stopped flying. It's going to resume flying in twenty twenty one. It was supposed to take its first flight this year with you know into it's space very uh they still you can still put i think actually they've stopped people putting deposits apparently they've had 700 people put down a deposit which is a thousand pounds but the actual flight in in the spaceship two is two hundred and fifty thousand pounds but uh if you go on to the virgin galactic website is really good and they've got an amazing app as well where you can do an augmented reality version so you can <laughs> Basically, I did it in the kitchen, and I started. I started walking around uh, the actual spacecraft, which you would be in with the with the seats. And there's a huge number of portholes, so you obviously, when you're up in space, you can see the Earth. But there's an equal number of uh, cameras taking pictures of you, so you can send selfies back oh. <laughs> and video yourself <laughs> in space, and obviously, video yourself being weightless as well. I think. Well, you know, I mean, I. Is it directly connected to TikTok? <laughs> I was just going to say it must be connected to TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I think that sounds like a great episode, mate. We should book that one in. Well, I think that kind of wraps it up for this little summer special. Um, but listeners, please do let us know what you think, what you'd like to hear more of, any ideas, and we'll try and put them into practice as well. Um, just before we do sign off, let's just get an idea from the four of us what our favourite moments from our first series have been. I wonder, Jez, what about you? Any thoughts? Well, I have quite enjoyed them all, it has to be said. Uh, and on the basis that my memory is not as good as it was, I'm probably actually going to go for the most recent one <laughs> because I can't <laughs> remember what we said in half the others. But uh, I, I did actually love doing, researching and recording uh, the audacious flying episode. And uh, I just loved all the stories that we came out with of that. And obviously with Alan Pollock as well, that was the sort of icing on the cake. But that whole episode for me, was was great fun, and I, I thought the stories because that's what it's obviously about, um, and the uh, the sort of daring do was was what I really have taken away. Apart from, of course, I did mention all the other episodes as well. But I loved that. That'd be mine. Audacious fly. It's funny. It's funny you should say that because I was going to say exactly the same thing. It's like when you when you poll the public for the greatest ever Britain or the most important moment in history, they only ever come up with the most recent thing that they can remember. If you are a member of the public and you're listening, no offense, man. But um, yeah, I I actually. I think the way you told that story of the in the Falklands, Jera, of the Humphrey the helicopter putting the SAS guys up on that glacier and then within hours having to go and rescue them again, 
against all the odds and the other two Wessexes crashing. I mean, the way you told the story was brilliant. It's made me buy two books on it, one written by <laughs> Chris Parry, who we realise now is an old family friend. <laughs> and the other one is by Mark Benson called Scram, and it's all about the helicopter war in the Falklands. Lots about the Wessex in there, Jimbo, and uh, flying the Wessex. It's, it's a brilliant, brilliant book by, by Mark Benson. So I, I'm taking thanks that on that, holiday Jess. with me. Yeah, no worries. I'm taking that on holiday, Scram. Thank you yeah. for your... But I think also the highlight has been our guests. We've had just fabulous guests mm. from right from the outset. So huge thanks to them. Yeah. Jimbo, yeah, yeah. Yes. how about you? Um, well, the privilege of being able to uh, chat to Alan Pollock was... You know, it was. I wouldn't say it's a boyhood dream, but just he's he's up there as one of these aviation legends, um, and so to be able to chat to him that was was a was a big moment for me. Enjoyment wise, I really actually liked the Red Arrows uh, interview with Dave Thomas. I thought that was really stood out. Um, he was such an engaging chap, you know, old mate, but really knocked the socks. I, I thought it was a brilliant interview, and, and I loved that. Yeah. So probably well, probably it was so authentic DTs. as well because he was. Uh, <laughs> That was absolutely a man who's flown some of the most state of the art aircraft to the very limit, still couldn't work out how to get on the to use the... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah. My my favourite was well, I keep going back to that Amanda Harrison interview which you did, Rob. Yeah. Which, it was just it was such a, a brilliant story. She I found it so inspiring. Every time I've listened to it a couple of times now, and every time it just makes me feel really happy and good about life. Yeah. And glad that and it's one of the reasons why we do this podcast. You know, it was, yeah. it's a great story from a real you know, she's a proper legend. I, lo- I love that. Yeah. I love that interview. Yeah, yeah. good on you. Many more to come. Many more to come. Mm. If anybody has, uh, I know we, we have some amazing listeners and we've we've had a few ideas through that, but please contact us through the email, through social media, Twitter, Instagram. If you know somebody who you think we should interview, whether it's yourself mm. or whether it's somebody you know who would make a great uh, top landing gear guest, we would, we would love to know because we know that you've probably got better ideas than we have and we are we're putting together series two right now so let us know yeah we'll be coming back with battle of britain uh in battle of britain week although when is battle of britain week well it's probably kind of middle of september isn't it somewhere time around then (laughs) we'll be saying farewell to the gerald boeing 747 uh lots more stories around as well and we should also still encourage people to send in their questions for dear old Ask James, shouldn't we? Yes, yes, I really do. Yeah, we have now that we're we're currently not on air. Yeah. (laughs) Brilliant. Well, there's the dog, uh, and that is a sign that it's it's time for us to go and feed the animal. So thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back um, with our Battle of Britain special in September. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of the summer from all of us here at Top Landing Gear. For now, goodbye.